Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. And also, this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2023 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we're taking a closer look at another one of this year's very exciting Oklahoma feature films holding its world premiere at the festival. World premiere for what rhymes with reason. So today we're going to be sitting down uh, with filmmakers, including the film's director, one of the stars, and the composer to discuss the film's approach to using music to earn the right to be heard. Just to give you a little more of a preview, we're going to kick things off by talking about the film's premise. For those of you who might not know it, we'll also dig into some of the larger themes it's tackling related to mental health. And then we'll discuss how the film uses music to underscore these ideas emotionally for the characters and the audience. And then we're going to close out the conversation by talking a little bit more about how you can watch the movie at this year's Dead Center Film Festival and beyond. Before we get to our guest host, just a quick little snippet about the film from the Dead Center website. What Rhymes With Reason is described as, Tragedy ignites a group of teens on a quest to find a legendary landmark hidden in the wilderness, and today they navigate the quest while confronting the darkness within themselves. Joining me today to talk about the film is the director, producer, Kyle Roberts. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Long time no talk. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. I'm also very thrilled to be joined by one of the film's stars, Giselle Torres, who plays the character Rena Jones. Giselle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. (laughs) Awesome. And last but certainly not least, I'm very thrilled to be joined by Nicholas Thompson, the composer. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. We have a great conversation in store today, but before we get to the conversation, I just want to note, listeners, that if you are tuning in and you enjoy the conversation, uh, please support us by leaving us a rating and review on your preferred podcast app. This is actually the best way to have all the exclusive Dead Center content for the podcast delivered directly to your ears throughout the festival. With that said, let's dive into the film, Kyle. This is... Your first feature film as a director since 2014's The Post-Human Project. Tell us, what about this specific project made it a compelling choice for your next feature? So first of all, I want to say we've been doing, we've been busy (laughs) since then. Uh, This film actually took us eight years to get off the ground, but we've also done a lot of commercial work and series work for Nickelodeon, Disney, Hasbro, Mattel, Nerf. So if people are just, you know, seeing our feature stuff, they're like, whoa, what's take, what's taking them so long? Uh, and the honest answer is um, post-human project like almost killed me. Uh, and I wasn't ready to do another feature for a long time. Um, and God had a plan throughout all of that. So even this, this film, like I, as a creative, I wanted to get it off the ground in a couple of years. You know, it's like, okay, we've written it. Now let's, let's create it. Let's, let's shoot it. Let's edit it. Uh, and that just wasn't a uh, part of God's timing. So uh, throughout all of this and throughout this talk of, you know, encouraging conversations about mental health uh, through youth and families, uh, is this time couldn't be uh, any more relevant. Um, just in Oklahoma city, uh, three teenagers have taken their life in the last two weeks, um, which is just mind blowing just in our community. Um, and that's unfortunately just the world we live in today. Even your average, even say three, four, a high school, they're going to deal with one or two, uh, during their high school experience at least, um, which is just mind blowing. This is a, a really important topic. I think it, it seems like, as you say, um, in the years since Post-Human Project has only become more prevalent among youth, uh, or at least our awareness of it at the right. minimum. Maybe you could uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, the goals of the film. Of course, you, the film 
uh, What Rhymes With Reason opens with a 988 hotline notification. What were some of your goals for this specific story? Yeah. So again, like the main mission, the main purpose, the main goal uh, is to encourage conversations uh, about mental health, about anxiety, depression, uh, suicide, uh, this plaguing, you know, this world uh, right now. Um, and it's, these are hard topics, you know, the topics we don't want to talk about that they are, uh, stuff that is taboo, you know, for us to talk about, but we, obviously it's important and it's stuff we need to continue to talk about. And in a film that is also in this family friendly safe space, I guess you could say it's not as sexy as saying, you know, the, of course you have your 13 reasons why, and you have some of these other, you know, shows and films, but sometimes they tend to glorify suicide. And so we wanted to make a film that is family friendly and is also this radical like adventure drama, you know, kind of thing where, where we can earn the right to be heard from youth. And that is our whole theme. Like that's something that I've, I've kept to heart uh, from day one and how I answer question one to 5 million, you know, this, this feature is, are we earning the right to be heard from youth? And if not, we're, we're not doing it right. <laughs> right. And I think one thing that I really uh, appreciate the f- about the film is you, you called out, you know, there are some films or television shows about suicide that we, there's actually been studies directly correlating, right. you know, the, the popularity of those shows to increasing suicide among youth. So, uh, it seems like there was a very delicate touch that you guys put into, but the scripting and also the filming of the, the, the story. So, uh, kudos to you all on, on that note. Mm-hmm. One thing we're going to hone in on today is of course the music, which plays a really large role in this specific film. What rhymes with reason you've mentioned to me that over 65% of the film has a score or licensed tracks. So, Nice job. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) So maybe you could elaborate here for us. uh, Why was it so important to have an impactful uh, score for this specific story? Yeah, and we can let definitely let Nicholas and Giselle like chime in here because it's so important to everything that they've done. Uh, But from my perspective, it's not unheard of in films, but a lot of films don't. You know, they may have one to three license tracks and then some score, maybe 30% score, 40% score, something like that. Then on the other end, I'm a big superhero geek nerd. I know you are too. <laughs> but uh, you have your, your Guardians of the Galaxy that do have, you know, 65, 70%. You know, so it just depends on what you're trying to convey to your audience in uh, a big part for us and earning the right to be heard from youth is, is having, you know, a rad soundtrack with a great score, you know, kind of thing and how that provides a heartbeat for the film. Mm. Very cool. I mean, so Nicholas is the the composer here, and you also, I mean, just selecting the the music. How did you approach scoring music related to uh, some of these pretty heavy themes of uh, mental health? Uh, well, I would say, like, you know, that's you know, I had a lot of conversations with Kyle and Sean about you know mental health and uh, the impact that has uh, in the film. But really, like as a composer, I, I, I approach it from like, what is a character feeling and how are the other characters reacting to that? And then what do we need the audience to feel? So if there's like a moment that a character is having anxiety or depression or whatever, then, you know, we figure that out together. Like, you know, how heavy do we need to make this or whatever? Like, does, are we, is the audience looking at it from that character's point of view or is the audience looking at it like outside looking in? So that's like an important distinction. Um, and that decision, you know, so one thing I want to ask about too, with this specific film, there's a couple of times where it, it kind of, uh, explores the, 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 the line between diegetic and non-diegetic. How did, how do you go about 
separating, hey, we want this to be in fiction for the characters, or hey, we just want we want to emo- you know uh, evoke this emotion from the audience who has some sort of relationship with the song. We're gonna get really nerdy here. I love that question, and no one else will probably ask ask us that question because <laughs> we've talked about this a lot. Diegetic uh-huh. versus not not diegetic. Yeah. Well, I mean, we you know we approach scenes, you know, and you'll you know Kyle will tell me like this one needs music, or he'll sometimes we'll be like, well, what do you think? <laughs> and then sometimes I you know before the film is shot, just looking at the script, I might have an idea. Well, maybe, and I might like mark the script or something. But really, it's like once I have that first edit, it, it kind of starts to reveal itself. Um, I remember like he, he sent me the the first cut, which was quite long, as I recall. Um, and I just marked every scene like this one definitely needs something. This maybe could use something. Uh, this one might need something just depending on what the sound design, you know, happen, you know, what happens with the sound design or whatever. Very cool. Well, I, I want to turn it over to Giselle. Of course, uh, Giselle, you play Rena, the musician of the cast. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your perspective here. I mean, what about these specific themes drew you to what rhymes with reason? Well, this film is not only a coming of age teenage story. I think it's so much more than that. Um, it tackles so many important themes like mental health issues that are so prominent in youth and teenagers right now, such as, like Kyle was saying, depression, anxiety, suicide, which are things that many young people battle every day. And I mean, as an actor, you get projects all the time, but it's very, very rare when you get a project that truly resonates to you. And that's what this one was to me. And I think what drew me to this the most was just being a part of getting that conversation started and, and being a part of something bigger. You know, I think uh, a lot of kids and teenagers need a film like this and, and being able to play Rena was an honor. You know, I'm very much like her in the way of communicating my feelings um, through music in the way that she uses it to cope with like the obstacles that, that come her way. And yeah, so embodying her was um, really, really special and being able to tell the story was, was really, really special to me. Among the cast, you have the unique opportunity to sing a lot of different types of songs. I mean, yeah. you, you run the full gambit of genres. You know, you have pop music, you've got Christian hymns in here, and you also have some retro songs as well. So, what was, uh, I'd love to hear a bit more. What was your collaboration with both Kyle and Nicholas throughout the production in terms to make sure that you had the, a performance that kind of met their vision? Yeah, I mean, that was my main priority. You know, I always wanted to make sure that everything I did was what what Kyle envisioned and what Nicholas liked. Um, but I think what I love also being a part of this film was that Kyle truly allowed us all to be very collaborative in the process and was open to trying out new things. Um, so when it came to the songs, we all just talked a lot about the styles of each one and how we wanted to make it our own. I mean, Nicholas was so incredible in creating the music production and, and being so open to making something really different. Um, and yeah, some of the songs are really well known as you know so it was important for us to kind of put our own little spin on them without obviously steering too far away from how my character Rena would perform them um but I'm also a musician so being able to be a part of a project in which everyone was so receptive and wanted to create something really really great was amazing (laughs) hey you crushed it uh again I, I was telling Kyle before we recorded I was asking kind of, I was just kind of curious. I was like, when did you record some of these? And he was telling me that this, your introduction where you're singing in the hallway, I was like, that was really good. Did you guys record that afterwards? He's like, no, that was on the set. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean, Kyle really, really allowed me to do just anything I wanted really. He's the best. Nicholas, I want to turn it to you here. I mean, without spoiling any 
specific plot points, there was a clever use of the classic hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, as part of the story. Hmm. I'm just curious, were music cues like that scripted before you came aboard, or did you have input on what songs were selected as part of the the pre-production scripting process? Well, that one was scripted. So, um, I mean, I actually didn't even know about that. (laughs) I would need to be recording a piano player like later um, for that song. But uh, uh, for that was really the only besides the score like that was that. And then Let My Love Open the Door were the only ones I really had anything to do with. Um, But that one, uh, Giselle recorded um, her voice on, you know, while they were filming. And then I think didn't you listen to like a track in your like in one side? Oh, yeah. Phones or something. So this yeah. is a. Did you know? Yeah. Did you know the piano was not played live, but recorded later? <laughs> Fun fact. Well, we yeah. tried. So we found that out. We tried. In, in my, to be oh, fair, okay. I tried to play the piano, <laughs> but I couldn't. It was and the cool. piano was legit decrepit and trash. I mean, it, so. lo- it looked. I was gonna say it looked pretty de- decrepit. So if you get a quality sound out of that, <laughs> kudos. <laughs> I mean, the tricky part is just getting it to like sound good. You know. Right. So I mean, I've got like probably 300 different piano sounds. So I got my piano playing friend, uh, Aaron Phillips. So he does a lot of work for me in the studio. Um, so we just, you know, I, I sent him the track that Giselle sent us and then he just like practiced it. And we came in and we got the nastiest sounding piano that we could find that sounded similar to what she was playing in the film. And, uh, yeah, that's what we did. So, so I mean, just in terms of like the the chicken or the egg, does Giselle kind of record her voice uh, based on what you provide, or does does or is that something you do afterwards? Yeah, well, like I said, I didn't know that I was <laughs> I'd be doing that until a little later. And the cow was like, "Hey, like, can you like get like a you know a piano recording to this one scene?" And so then we just figured it out from there. So, so in that one, Giselle had a track in her ear that she was singing to so then we matched all that later later in post okay so i mean uh, and this is a question for both of you uh i mean this film includes several licensed songs uh including better together uh let my love open the doors you referenced already on my way to heaven uh which is uh from oklahoma rapper jb uh, another one being mexico um how did you approach selecting said songs kyle was this something when you, <laughs> you when you came in because i know you're really passionate about music too yeah on all of our stuff i'm essentially like our music supervisor kind of thing. But, um, yeah, these are all things that a lot of people don't know this, but I've directed like over 200 music videos or something crazy. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, just knowing local bands, indie bands, stuff like that. Uh, and and that's actually how we approach the whole story. Sean is our, is our writer. Uh, and so as we're coming up with this whole thing, um, we have a massive Spotify playlist of like a hundred some tracks. And then we're like, whittling it down, whittling it down, but it's building the world. And that's how we start projects. And that's how we like start the creation of projects. Well, very cool. I mean, uh, again, I think Giselle, you, you mentioned earlier that several of these are well-known songs. Um, I mean, how do you put your own spin on some of these well-known hits? Like let my love open the door. Yeah, this one was really special because obviously it's such a classic and and I wanted to make sure I did it justice. Uh, When Kyle told me they had gotten the rights for the song, I was so excited. I don't know if you remember it. I was so excited when he told me on the Zoom. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I remember weeks before I even got in the studio, Kyle was sending me covers of Let My Love Open the Door. I mean, some were more rock, others were more 80s. So it was just like a matter of finding our own sound and and making it original in a way. it is a song that is sung by Pete Townshend, so it is usually sung by a male. So 
Nicholas had to make his own arrangements so it fit a female voice better. And then when I got to the studio before I recorded, we all just sat down and, and we discussed where we kind of see the song going, where we want the drums to increase or the guitars, where Kyle wants to slow it down a bit so it can match what we're filming. Um, but once we had that all down, uh, I went in and recorded it, but it was, it was so much fun that day. I had so much fun and we had this incredible live drummer as well, who was really great. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a blast being able to just collaborate with everyone. It was, it was definitely a team, team effort. <laughs> it was so fun. And I think that was the second day you were here yeah. or something. It's like, okay, we're going to the studio. <laughs> the first day was like press day and table mm-hmm. read. Now it's like, let's go record this song. Let's go. Let's jump into the deep end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what I, I don't want to ruin it too much. Uh, Cause this is still pretty early, you know, when this will release, but the, my hopes for this song is that people will – it's such a fun song. Everyone knows Let My Love Up Open the Door. It's been so many rom-coms and so many different films. Uh, but I think people will take away something, uh, some uh, a verse in the song that they probably had no idea was even there. Mm. And that's something I'm excited for people to check out. Yeah, that yeah, was – A little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, that was totally Kyle's idea, I will say. He he had this vision from the start. He told me, I'm like, I love it. Let's do it. And, and it, I love it in the film. It's probably my favorite part. Very cool. Well, it was an, a great performance uh, and, and a v- great performance and a visually, I think, just a very uh, impressive scene. Uh, it was one of my favorite uh, kind of moments in the in the film. We did farm out some of those musicians. Uh, my buddy Marshall, he's from the Ivory Coast. Now he lives in Chicago. He played bass on that. Right. I've been trying to find an excuse to work with him <laughs> forever. I, I used to live in South Korea. And that's where I met him. But uh, I was like, oh, I got to work with Marshall on something at some point. So this was that. Slapping the bass, man. That's right. Oh, man, he's so good. And then... And uh, the drummer uh, that Giselle mentioned, that's my friend Scott Twitchell. I've always been looking for an excuse to work with him. He plays in a band, local band called Helen Kelter Skelter, who are an awesome rock band. And then the keys were played by my friend Zach Barden, uh, who's now in uh, South Korea. But And he was just like, I was like, I need a ripping synth solo like at this part. And you know, <laughs> he did like three three or four different like synth parts. But it was so fun hey, to okay, get everybody. Not quite as ripping, but still ripping. <laughs> pretty ripping, yeah. So And of course, like Giselle, like you did awesome. So it was, mm-hmm. it was so much fun to work with you in the studio on that. And that was that's probably been my favorite part. And as a composer, you know, I've, I live a very like solitary life, you know, like writing things and then sending it to you, and emailing <laughs> it and stuff. So getting to like actually see people like one day is like, you know, so much fun. So and out of curiosity, I mean, you're working with a lot of different musicians because uh, I don't know that a lot of people realize this. Uh, oftentimes you're recording uh, the individual parts separately. Is this one where you mm-hmm. were you able to record them together or were they all done separately where you mixed it later? Uh, they were all done separately. Um, drums always first. So, you know, I had like the demo that I set to like a BPM, which like slows down and speeds up at some parts. And then, uh, you know, like fake, you know, program drums and stuff. And then, uh, so drums were always first. So I was like, once we do the drums, you know, you get the feel of the rhythm and the beat and stuff, and then you could pretty much do whatever. Um, so we did Giselle second and then everything else kind of came a little later when I played guitar and my wife sang backup vocals. So, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It's awesome. <laughs> fun tidbits. Um, you know, you might include this in the, the DVD or DVD, the, the commentary that you laser disc. You yeah. Laser laser, disc. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, DVDs are real old school. Now we're going to listen to a couple of the, the tunes here in one moment, but before we do, I noticed Kyle wrote for folks who haven't seen the movie. I noticed very quickly. This was very Goonies inspired. And then you, they actually have a reference to the Goonies in the movie. Were there any other inspirations you two. Uh, so Kyle and Nicholas that you drew from in terms of the sound or the tone of the score. 
So not shy in a way that we definitely have a lot of kind of retro 80s, early 90s influence in the film. Uh, And again, that's all kind of part of this, you know, earning the right to be heard from youth, but also their parents and something they can watch together and enjoy together. So when their parents watch it, they're like, oh, this is totally, you know, kind of like the Goonies or Stand By Me or, you know, something like that. And then as the kids, it's totally its own thing, but has this kind of nostalgic tone that they can then if they haven't seen Goonies together, they can go do that or they could talk about these things. And uh, spoiler alert, I mean, even our prom is an 80s themed thing. Uh, so so when you get to that, I mean, that's all purposeful and that's all planned to all have this this voice and tone together uh, so it could create this door to open and have conversations actually still going back to mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas, anything you want to add about where you drew inspiration for the sound? Yeah. Uh, this is, gosh, probably the fifth thing we've worked on together. And a lot, we've talked about the eighties a lot, but, uh, <laughs> you know, growing up in the eighties, I mean, you know, it, it, it felt like such like a magical time, you know, like before, like, you know, technology and stuff, you know, like, so just, you know, running out into the woods and all that stuff, you know, at any given opportunity, but like, uh, you know, that those films like mean a lot to us, you know, whether it be like never ending story or Goonies or whatever, you know, so we do take like inspiration as far as like just that magical quality that those films have. I really tried not to like listen to like any like old score stuff. Um, but you know, like sort of combining like synth sounds like very vintage analog synths, you know, like Yamaha CS 80 or, you know, Juno or Jupiter or whatever. Um, but with like, uh, orchestra and stuff, um, I think is, is, is kind of maybe the only thing we really took from it, but like, um, you know, all original ideas, but it's just kind of, it's a fun, you know, you can add weight with the orchestra, but you can still add that kind of like youthful, like retro kind of thing that, you know, inspires and has inspired us on many projects. One word we keep coming back to is curious. Curious, right. Because it's, it's like this whole thing of a story <laughs> of identity and purpose um, that we want the score to feel very curious. And you're asking questions about these characters and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um I, and I won't spoil it, but uh, a lot of really powerful uh, visual representations for for that that are complemented by the score. So um, excited for our listeners to be able to see the film at Dead Center. So I'm going to play a really brief snippet of the song Love Theme from your score. So uh, listeners, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. And Nick, I'll, I'll ask you about it right after we wrap up. So um, let's get this guy up and playing.
All right. So listeners, you're going to have to see the film to hear the whole <laughs> piece. Uh, but uh, Nicholas, uh, maybe you could tell me what, what makes this an especially emotional piece within the context of the film? Uh, well, I thought this one was good because one, it's early in the film. So I feel like I may be able to talk about the scene a little bit. But also there's kind of a lot that happens. Uh, that, that whole cue is like a minute and a half. Um, and it's when um, in the beginning when uh, Jesse and Rena like are talking uh, talking together. And so it kind of starts very sad because they're talking about this classmate of theirs who like took his own life. And then the, as they kind of start talking, it kind of turns a little awkward. And then it kind of turns a little sweet. Um, and then kind of near the end, it's uh, you'll hear a guitar come in, which is like... Rena's thing. So whenever you hear like a guitar in the score, that's like a Rena moment. Otherwise, there's like no guitar it's at all like happening. Motif sort of, right? Yeah. Uh, just yeah, instrumental. <laughs> yeah, instrument. But uh, also just the theme. It teases the love theme that comes up like later when uh, Rena and Jesse start like connecting a little more. So it was. Kind of Stop like ruining the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, I can put a tag on it. Uh, Nicholas so. is our Tom Holland that ruins <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> Luke Wait Skywalker you, showed up. The end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, it's been such a pleasure uh, speaking with you about what rhymes with reason. Clearly, we are tiptoeing right up to spoilers if we talk about it too much more. <laughs> with that said, though, again, I want to bring it back to something you've all three already talked about or alluded to here. I mean, this movie has very strong themes and messaging, of course, related to mental health challenges, but also friendship and adventure. Kyle, you mentioned being a big one. What do you hope filmgoers take away from their first viewing of What Rhymes With Reason? And, and Giselle, I'll actually start with you on this one. Well, I hope that I hope that this film you know, first starts a conversation of how mental health is so important to, to youth and teens right now. Um, I also hope that it shows filmgoers that no matter what you're going through, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there is hope. And to surround yourself with your loved ones and people you care about and remind yourself that you're worth it. But I mean, above all, I just hope that filmgoers enjoy the film. Despite this, the difficult topics discussed, I, I really do hope they have a blast because this cast and crew is amazing. Um, Kyle's amazing. Sean, our writers. Um, we all put a lot of love and passion into this. So hopefully it can reach a lot of people's hearts and they can resonate to it in, in many ways. Kyle? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we're all going to say the word hope. So our hope is that they can realize that there is hope out there. I mean, mental health is so important because when you break your elbow and your bone sticking out, you're going to the ER immediately, right? Because it's external. You can visually see it. But when it's internal, it's so much harder to diagnose, to comprehend. Uh, and I guess if I could pick one thing for parents, if your kids are telling you something, listen to them. Mm -hmm. That's really good. At Nicholas? Uh, yeah, just – that and just I uh, just hope that people enjoy it for, like for you know a fun adventure story you know coming of age story so all right yeah we should underscore this movie is a lot of fun it is a lot of fun a lot of fun and adventure <laughs> treasure hunting all the good stuff a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> just because it has a message doesn't mean it's not fun. absolutely it's very fun uh, all right well uh, maybe give you all the one final chance anything else you'd like to add about what rhymes with reason before we wrap up today's conversation check it out. Thursday night. Yeah, go watch it. <laughs> Take the words right out of my mouth. Harkins Bricktown Auditorium 15, Thursday, June 8th, 6.30 p.m. And there's also an encore screening scheduled for Saturday, June 10th at 4 p.m. at Harkins Bricktown Auditorium 10. Don't miss out. Well, maybe our listeners, you know, they want to follow the film and also maybe the work all three of you are doing personally. I'll go around the table. Kyle, uh, where can people find out more about What Rhymes With Reason? Perhaps if they're not 
in yeah. Oklahoma for Dead Center? Yeah, the best place uh, would be on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, it's WRWR underscore film. And then just our website is ra-pictures.com. All right, great. Nicholas, where can people follow you and uh, all the work you're doing with uh, music and scores online? Uh, well, I have a website, nicholasthompson.com. Uh, it's spelled N-I-K-O-L-A-S-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. Uh, that's all my like score stuff, and I write for orchestra as well, and I'm getting ready to add a page for producing because I produce, a lot of, produce and record a lot of local bands. So, uh, Oh, and uh, Nicholas Kite is the handle, N-I-K-O-L-A-S-K-I-T-E. Very cool. I like the story behind. I, I got to get the story behind the kite after we're done. Already, <laughs> Kyle knows it. Yeah. Uh, and Giselle Torres, where can people follow you and all the things, uh, great things you're doing online? Um, you can just find me as Giselle Torres on all socials. We'll be posting a lot about the <laughs> the premiere. We'll be posting all our fits. Kyle's got his fit ready, so <laughs> we'll be bombarding. <laughs> Awesome listeners. So once you're done, uh, go make sure if you're in Oklahoma, get your Dead Center badge, which you can find over at deadcenterfilm.org. And uh, then make sure to check out What Rhymes With Reason on Thursday, June 8th at 6.30 p.m., as we already noted. Dead Center is so fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you have, like, I went every year until COVID and I really haven't been back a whole lot. But I feel like every from what I've heard from everybody of Sarah and Kaki and everybody is it's going to be back. In yeah. full force this year. And if you haven't ever been to Dead Center and you're in the Oklahoma City metro area, you're crazy. Because it is so fun. <laughs> the parties are so fun. The people are fun. Like, yeah, yeah, it is literally my favorite time of the year. Kyle likes fun. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Oh, well, it's great. It's a great opportunity. Uh, we have a lot of wildly talented people in the state and also from out of the state who are able to kind of come together and celebrate all the work that's been done in film each year. And uh, we party, we see new friends, old friends. It's a great time, listeners. So deadcenterfilm.org. Nicholas, I'm going to play us out here in a moment uh, with the in credits theme from the film. I'm just curious, what approach do you take to summing up all of these different motifs into this specific piece? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it has all of the motifs, but it does have, it kind of starts off like with some of the more emotional moments, um, heavier moments, and then kind of turns a little curious. And then we were kind of, we end with like the main theme, or as we call the adventure theme, which you probably hear the most in the film. But uh, yeah, so it's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of emotions that go You'll on in the film. you hear some Goonies influence for sure. Possibly, yeah, but it's uh, you hear you know the you know wide range of emotions you know that are expressed in the film. I think so. Nicholas, Giselle, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you at Dead Center. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, stick around to listen to that song. <laughs>